0: What's up? Welcome to the living room. I am so excited you're here. This is your host Nate, and I am really excited you you are listening and joining us today. You are listening to a TLR rewind, and what that is is that TLR we have this podcast, but we also have an in-person version of this podcast where we talk about the same topics that you hear on this podcast, but we also eat food together, we hang out, we play games. Like it is a blast to take the elements of this podcast and do it together in person and so What you're going to hear on this episode is the recording of the presentation giving at a TLR, and so we hope you enjoy it. We hope this inspires you to have these conversations with your friends, and even more importantly, maybe join us in person sometime, or if you missed uh, the in-person event, we would love for you to listen to this and hear what we talked about. Either way, we are so glad you're checking out TLR. Hope you enjoy. Stay awesome thinking about happiness and, and we, we want to be happy, I, <clears throat> I think the reason asking the question like what makes us happy, one of the reasons it's important to start there is that that can drive a lot of the things that I want to do, that, that you want to do. I heard it said one time that we're, most of us, we're not on a truth quest, we're on a happiness quest, so like, like we just are looking for the things that make us happy. But what's interesting about being happy is that it's this emotion, it can be fleeting, it can change. But then also, I find this one to be, to be the most challenging, there are things that compete against each other that make us happy. For example, if you think about, like, I, I'd be really happy if I was, like, physically fit and hit all my physical fitness goals, right, and stuff. But I'm also happy when I eat pizza, right, okay? You know, and like, both of those make me happy, and they're at odds with each other. Another one is, you know, I'd be really happy if I got all A's and studied really well and just did that, but I'm also happy when I hang out with my friends and don't study, right? Okay, both of those make me happy. Or I'm really happy when there's more money than five cents in my savings account, and like, you know, that makes me happy, but then I like spending money on myself and buying whatever I want. Like, both of those make me happy, but they're at odds with each other, right? And,. <clears throat> you know, there are things that we ultimately want, things that we immediately want, and you can't go too far on either one, because if you go too far, then that's not happy, and so what do we do? How do we navigate that? And that is what I want us to explore. Now, full disclosure, as we look at a story from the life of Jesus, Jesus never said, um, and I don't think anybody would make this claim, that you'll be 100% happy. I think because of how fleeting happiness can be and how it can be controlled by a lot of things. Um, you know, I mean that's why we say that. But what Jesus said, well, we can just look at what he said. He said that I have come that they may have life talking about you, and that we, that they will may have it to the full. Having a full life, a rich life, an abundant life. What Jesus is claiming here, and it's okay if you disagree with it, and this is his words and his claim is that having, following Jesus will make your life better and will make you better at life. And that it will impact all the areas of your life, that you will have a full and rich life. Now, if that's true, how do we apply that? What, what do we do? How do we navigate this? Um, and what made Jesus say this are all really important questions. And in order to start to see and piece together how this could potentially apply to your life, we got to go back and see the context in which he said this. And so uh, our story, though, that we're going to look at is written by a man named John. And this is important because John was one of Jesus' friends, um, also called a disciple, which just meant he spent a ton of time with Jesus. And the reason that's important is that when we read what we're about to read, um, this is not just the Bible or some like story I made up, but this is like John who like lived there, who was there, who saw this, who like smelled everything that was happening, like they witnessed all this. And so when we read this, we're reading John's account that he then later recount you know, recounted to somebody and they wrote it down and they're like, Wow, it's amazing. he spent time with Jesus, you saw these things happen. And so this is the story. And it starts with Jesus and his friends his disciples. They're walking along and they see a blind man who is begging uh on the on the road. And he uh apparently had been well known because people knew that he was born blind. And as Jesus and uh his friends walk past him, the disciples. The disciples say this. I'm gonna assume they whispered this to Jesus because it's a little insensitive, but maybe not. But as they're walking along, his disciples ask Jesus, they say, Rabbi, who sent this man or his parents that he was born blind? And the assumption laced underneath this was that bad things happen to bad people and good things happen to good people. This was the first century just kind of thought process, and so the idea here was this man was born blind because either he did something wrong or his parents did something wrong. They there's a thought that like a pregnant woman could walk into like a pagan temple and like her child would be like punished. And like, like, like that was the thought process, right? And as you can imagine, this created a bunch of loopholes for not having to help people because well they got what they deserved, right? They they were being punished for doing something bad, but Jesus. Um, being asked a question like this, never uh, lost an opportunity to flip our thoughts and our paradigms on its head. And here's his answer to this question: Like who sinned? Who messed up? Who who did something bad here? This is what Jesus said. He said, "Neither, <laughs> neither this man nor his parents sinned." And this is blowing the disciples' mind. They're, they're like, "Wait, this is not how our world works." Like, what are you talking about? And he continues and says, "But this happened so that the works of God." might be displayed in him now there's i could spend a lot of time unpacking this and we will do that at another point but this is a really important side trail that i want to just touch on real quick is that what jesus is laying out here and he lays out in other places is a big big deal for our pain our suffering our hard times in life which as we know are a barrier to our happiness Because what he's laying out here is a third category or mindset around hard times in life. See, most of us were smart enough, in fact, I know you guys, you are definitely smart enough to know that like sometimes you can do something that causes you pain and suffering. Okay. If you drink too much alcohol, you're gonna have a headache in the morning. That's your fault. Okay? (laughs) That is nobody else's, that's on you. You can make the connection. I did something. And it hurt me. Other times, and these are really challenging, but other times, other people's actions can cause us pain and suffering, right? And we can make the connection because they did something, because they messed up, it is hurting me. But Jesus is saying, and those definitely happen, but Jesus is saying there's a third category that can happen, and that is that your pain can have purpose in it. Now, I've experienced this in my life, and maybe you have, or maybe you know somebody who has, but there can be some of the most painful, tragic, hard moments in your life that you would love for them not to have happened. But there can be a peace, a purpose that comes with it that, that only comes from knowing that God is with you. And that's what Jesus is, is introducing here. But he continues, and we will uh, have a whole TLR unpacking all of that. But I just wanted to touch on that because jesus says this he says neither neither sin and then he goes on he does something else jesus does he starts talking about himself like the, the just picture this the disciples they're asking this question jesus says neither and then he just starts talking about himself how he's jesus is the light of the world and he's going to help everybody and all this stuff and i'm sure the disciples are maybe thinking what some of you are thinking like what is happening? Like, okay, Jesus, we asked you a question. See, you always do this, Jesus. We ask you a question, a very straightforward question, and now you're talking about something else. You have no idea what's happening. Like, you're talking about pain and suffering now. Like, Jesus, we just, we asked a simple question. But after d- Jesus is uh, done talking about himself, he does something kind of gross. I'll just show you. He, uh, <clears throat> after saying this, talking about himself, he spit on the ground, <clears throat> right? And he made some mud with his saliva, and he put it on the man's eyes. Now, I wish we had more details, okay, because I just want to know, like, did he, was he like, hey guys, like, make sure you can't see. Well, he can't see, so it doesn't matter. Okay, you know, rub it together. Peter, John, could you guys hold him down? I'm going to stick this mud on. Like, I, I don't know what happened here. The scene, though, when I picture just spitting in some dirt and making mud, Kind of nasty, right? But sticks this mud on the man's eyes. And then he says, Go. Go. Go and wash in the pool of Siloam. Okay? Go. And my friends, this invitation to go is the same invitation that Jesus makes to every one of us. Because think about this from the blind man's point of view. He's laying there. He's over, maybe overhearing this conversation, and then all of a sudden some mud's on his eyes. Well, I don't know if you know how it was made. Hopefully not. But <clears throat> he has mud on his eyes. And he's probably heard about Jesus. He's heard rumors about Jesus. <clears throat> and he gets told to go and to wash. And he does. He does. But he has no idea if it's going to work, if is this going to make any difference in my life. Like, he, he's hoping and he has a little confidence, <clears throat> a little confidence, a little hope, a little faith, but he doesn't know how it's all going to work out. He doesn't know what's going to happen. And in the same way for us in our lives, I, you know you don't know where your life is going, but you have the same invitation to go and to have, even if it's just a little bit of trust, a little bit of confidence, to take that small step and to go. <clears throat> The story continues. The man goes, he washes, and he can see. It's it's this miracle. He can see. His vision is restored. And you would think that if that happened, everybody would be like, this is amazing. This is so cool. Like, that man that we've seen for 20, 30, 40 years, he can see now. But the issue is Jesus broke some man-made religious rules and so when the religious leaders find out they are not happy they bring the man in they question him and they try just disrupting everything they're looking for like are you even really the man maybe you just had a twin or you look different or maybe you're faking this whole thing and the man's like, No, it was me, guys. Like, I couldn't see. Some mud got on my eyes. I don't know how. Um, and then I could see, right? And so then they're like, You know what? We, we don't trust you. We're going to bring your parents in. So they bring this man's parents in. And the reason that these religious leaders are so upset is because what Jesus did doesn't fit in their idea, their box of how God should operate. Like, this was so far beyond what they thought God could and should do. They were like, no, there's no way that, that this could be it. And so they are looking for any reason to, to find. So much so they bring the parents in and they ask the parents, is this your son? And here's the parents' response. I find this kind of funny. They go, we know he is our son, the parents answered. And we know he was born blind. But how he can see now? Or who opened his eyes? We don't know ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. If you hear that and you're like, wow, that's a really endearing answer from my parents. Okay. Like the thing is, this reads like, don't ask us. Like like, they're putting it all back onto their son. It reads like somebody who's scared. And that's because they were. John gives us this detail next where he says the parents, his parents said this Because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who already decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue, meaning they'd be put out from Jewish society. They had already decided. And so here's where this starts to intersect with us What are you already deciding? The thing about this, in this story, and, and if you agree with that story, if you don't, like, I don't believe that this story actually happened. I don't know if, like, hey, really that miracle really happened. Like, that's okay. But in this story, these leaders had a miracle happen right in front of them, but because they had already decided that they weren't going to believe anything, they're missing out. The parents were, had already decided, the leaders had already decided and so think about that in the context of our lives. When we already decide, we miss what might be right in front of us. The opportunities that you have right in front of you that maybe you're not sure how God and Jesus and how, how all this works, but you, if we are so focused on we have all the answers, we may be missing out. As I head towards wrapping up, I'll tell you, the people who are the worst at this, um at already deciding uh are christians um and since i am one i will pick on myself um and 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 us but christians are notorious for being like we have all the answers we have got it and i have already decided what and who god is and how it all works a quick example is uh in science Christians are notorious for being like, oh, we don't need science, like pushing back against that. And and it comes from we have this idea of how the world works, all right, and it, and we create this false competition because anything outside of our understanding or our box, we're like, nope, I've already decided, all right. Christians should be some of the biggest champions of science. Or another, maybe somebody's having a spiritual like, practice in their life, or they're growing in their faith, and if a Christian's like, no, that doesn't make sense to me, or I've never experienced that, they would be like, that can't be God. And because it's outside of their box and they've already decided Christians should be some of the people who celebrate others more than anyone else. Maybe... That's not you. Maybe you're not sure what you think about God. And maybe for you, it's more you've already decided that there isn't a God. Or maybe you've already decided that following Jesus it doesn't matter, isn't worth it. And, and if that is, I'm glad that you're here and that you're exploring and wrestling with that with us. But my, my point is, we all have areas in our lives where you've already decided. In any area where you have already decided, you may be missing out on something amazing, something that God may be wanting to do in your life and with you. The story ends with the man being kicked out, and he's back out on the street where he'd been his whole life, but now he can see. Jesus finds him, and they have a conversation, and Jesus says this. Jesus says, I have come into this world so that the blind will see, and those who see or those who think they see they will become blind meaning Jesus is here for the people who are like I'm not sure I have this all figured out and so if that's you, that's great that's who Jesus is here for and you're like I'm not like i I struggle to believe I have doubts I'm, i I want to believe like like I hope God is with me i I hope Jesus is real like I hope. That there's peace even in hard times that everybody gets justice i i hope these things are true <clears throat> but at times i find myself struggling to believe it jesus is saying here that's who i'm here for but for the people who are like no nope, got it all figured out got all the answers we don't need any of that right? who think they can see everything jesus is like they are missing it and then he wraps up with saying i have come that they, that us, that you may have life and have it to the full. So you can agree, you can disagree with me. That is totally great and fine and we are happy that you are here thinking and considering this. But my encouragement for you is let's be open-handed. Let, let, let us be open to what we may not understand, what we may not completely see. Let us not be... People who've already decided. And my dream is imagine if we're a community that encouraged each other, that empowered each other, that was like, hey, you know, you're trying to figure out life and faith and how it all goes. Like, like, let us help each other to take steps. Let let us say, hey, I want to challenge you in this way. Let us be the community. And here's what's awesome. You guys are that community. You guys are doing that. I see you doing that, and I think it is amazing, and I, I hope that we keep doing that. Let us not just be people who have already decided and we have all the answers because we may miss the opportunity to have a full, rich, abundant life. And if, if we can be open-handed and say, I'm trying to figure these things out, and we can do that together, Jesus makes the claim, and we can take him up on it that you will have a full life which will lead to more happiness in your life and less regret. And so, my hope is that you don't already decide everything in your life, but that you are open handed and exploring what God may be be up to in your life. Thank you so much for checking out a TLR rewind. Again, we hope that this inspires you to have these conversations. Some of the questions you heard us share, we hope that you would ask friends this, uh, you know, or at least ask yourself this. We also hope that you would check out a uh, TLR event if you are in Rhode Island. They happen on Thursday nights at seven and during the school year. Make sure to check our Instagram uh, for all that information and all of this information, all the questions. asked will be in our show notes so make sure to check that out but again we hope this inspires you to continue the conversations with yourself with your friends with your family thank you so much for being part of the living room family stay awesome my friends